Hi there, welcome to the Throw Room Podcast. My name is Taylor, I'm your host, and we are a podcast here simply for developing a deeper connection with God. Please stay tuned for episodes where we do interviews, where we do a devotion, where we may do a study, whatever it may be. So sit back, relax, enjoy today's episode, leave us a like and a follow on Instagram, and share us with your friends. Now to begin. Genesis 26, Genesis chapter 26, read in verses 23 through 25 and 32 and 33. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. Verse 32 and 33. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. This day session, I want to preach on this subject. It is a question to all the young people today. Can you dig it? I want to preach on you. Can you dig it? Give somebody a high five next to you and tell them, can you dig it? My subtitle simply will be this. You have one more well to dig. One more well to dig. I wonder if you would slip both hands in the air today and in this day session. And I pray that you'll receive something from the Lord. But I want you for the next 30 seconds to pray in your own special way that God will minister to your heart. Would you lift your voice right now? All the teenagers, come on. Lift your voice and say, God, in this day session, I need you to speak to me today. Hallelujah. My children, this morning I have come with desire and hunger to pour into you my spirit. Yea, these last few nights I have prepared you to receive. I've I've covered you with my anointing. I've poured out my spirit. But this morning I am pouring my word into you. You need to open your heart this morning to hear. Yea, and I the Lord will pour into you. And I will strengthen you for the work and the purpose that I have called you. You're not just aimlessly and, and going about on your own. But yea, I the Lord have directed you. I have called you into this service this morning, and I will equip equip you with anointing and power, and you shall go forth as instruments in my hand, and I will do great and mighty things. I will open doors in this last hour. I will give you revival in your churches. You're my people, my chosen this morning. Hear my word, and I will pour into you this day. Somebody receive that right now with a hand clap of praise to the Lord. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Be seated in Jesus' name. The book of Genesis stands as the first book of the Old Testament. 
and serves as an essential introduction to the whole Bible. Genesis, the title in our English Bible, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew title and means the origin, source, creation, or beginning of something. <clears throat> Genesis is the book of beginnings. It provides an essential foundation for the remainder of the Pentateuch and all subsequent biblical revelation. It preserves the only trustworthy record about the beginnings of the universe, humankind, marriage, sin, cities, languages, nations, Israel, and redemptive history. It was written in accordance with God's purpose to give his covenant people in both the Old Testament and the New Testament a foundational understanding of himself, creation, the human race, the fall, death, judgment, covenant, and the promise of redemption through the seed of Abraham. Isaac the patriarch presents but a pale appearance as he stands planted between two stately and so impressive personages as his father Abraham on one hand and his son Jacob on the other hand. Isaac, our notwithstanding our familiarity with his name, has hitherto made very little impression on our minds. When we suddenly ask what we remembered about Isaac, the chances are that we would get very little further than that memorial day when Abraham took his only son and bound him and laid him on an altar upon the wood. And indeed, as we follow out the sad declension of Isaac's character to the end, it is forced upon us that it would have been well for Isaac and for all connected with Isaac that Abraham's uplifted hand had not been arrested by the angel of the Lord. Had Isaac died on his father's altar, an immense impression for good would have been made on all who ever heard of his submission and devotion. And besides, the whole after history of Israel and the nations around Israel would have been far more pure, far more peaceful, and every way far more happy. But all that is in the far future, Isaac, like Noah and Lot before him, those two other shipwrecks of the best early promise, made a splendid start. In his early start in faith and in obedience, Isaac, by a single bound, outdistanced all who had gone before him. We are so taken up with Abraham's faith and surrender in the matter of Mount Moriah that we forget the splendid part that Isaac must have performed in that terrible trial. That magnificent triumph of faith and submission. I do not wonder today that the church has all along persisted in seeing in Isaac an outstanding type of our Lord and in making Mount Moriah a clear forecast of Gethsemane and of Calvary. For when it came to the last agony beside the altar on that terrible hilltop, not my will, but thy will be done, was wrung from Isaac's broken heart just as long afterwards and not far from the same spot, the same surrendering cry was wrung from the broken heart of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
The scripture that we read today talks about Isaac and his wells. We all know that water is essential for life and for living. We tend to take our water supply for granted sometimes. When we need water, we turn on the faucet and we instantly have as much water as we need. We can either choose between hot and cold water. It is amazing when we realize that running water in each house has only been the standard for only several hundred of years. Back in the days of Abraham and Isaac, people either lived next to a river or they had to dig a well. When we think of wells in the early Bible times, we think of pictures of wells we have seen surrounded by a large circle of mortared stones such as the ancient well at Beersheba. But as I researched wells in the Bible times, I discovered that most wells in Isaac's days were simple holes in the ground. The commentary points out that the wells was not always a deep hole with a wellhead. The well was quite often in a dried up riverbed about four feet square and four feet deep. It filled up with water and was known as a pit. Wells were a very important part of the early family life. When a man dug a well, he was doing more than providing water for his family and for his livestock. But he was indicating that he liked the location and that he planned on staying there for a very long time. The water was essential for life, for cleaning, and for cooking. And in this section of scripture, we are going to see how Isaac was forced to move a number of different times. Each time he stopped, he first dug a well, thinking that he would stay there for a long time. But things did not turn out the way that Isaac had planned. From the beginning of chapter 26 of Genesis, you can see that God appeared to Isaac and passed on him the promises made with his father Abraham. I will be with thee. Like his father, Isaac had to learn to live by the promises of God. A very important part of the covenant promise was the personal relationship with God described in those few words. In this day's session, I've come to let every young person know in this Kentucky district that I am a firm believer that without a shadow of a doubt that God's promises are still sure. All right, we're going to have to wake up and have a little bit of church today. Is that all right? I said that I am a firm believer that without a shadow of a doubt that God's promises are still sure. That no matter how rough it gets in life, no matter how bad the situation gets, in spite of your difficulties, in spite of your hardships, in spite of your setbacks, you serve a God that said in this word that he will never leave you nor forsake you, but he is a God that will always be with you until the end. Would you clap your hands if you believe that that's true today?
No wonder why David said, whither shall I go from his spirit or whither shall I flee from his presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. But if I make my bed in hell, guess what? He is still there. I've come to let some young person know, and we've experienced it last night in a deliverance service. Some of you came to me and said, Brother Jolly, I can't get over my past. Some of you have said, I've done a lot of bad things in my life that nobody else doesn't know about, and it seemed like I can't move forward. Brother Jolly, my past is haunting me. I don't know if I can ever do anything for God. I don't know if my future can ever be promising. I've come to let the devil know that he is still a liar. We might as well have a little bit of church today. We ought to have some young people that can stand up with enough Holy Ghost bonus and say it doesn't matter what I've done in my past. My past does not determine my future. And what I've done, I've done in the past will not determine what my destiny is. I've come to let you know he's never left you by yourself. He's never left you hanging. And if he's brought you this far, he's able to take you further. Some of you hell has lied to you and said that you will never make it. Some of you, hell has laughed in your face and said, look at you dancing and shouting after all the things that you did last month and last year and last week. Look at you crying and talking in tongues, thinking that you're spiritual and you're holy. I've come to preach to some young people today. You don't have to live in your past one more day. You don't have to live in condemnation, for there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Come on, young person. If you made a mistake, you just got to get back up again. You don't got to stay down. You don't got to let the devil beat you down. If you made a mistake, that's all right. Get up and dust yourself and praise God again. His mercies are brand new every day. His grace is sufficient for you. I wonder if you lift your hands in the Holy Ghost right now. God's going to speak to some young people today. Ah. I'm sick and tired. I'm just going through the motions. I'm not in my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. You can be seated. I'm sick and tired of praise and worship cheerleaders. That's got to pump young people up to worship and praise God because it seems like that they don't have a reason to praise God themselves. I'm sick and tired of relying on the beat of a drum and the sound of a keyboard and a choir to make everybody lift their hands and worship God. I've come to let you know, young people, if we don't got another song to sing, if we don't got another beat to beat, on the drums, if there's not another sound on the keyboard, there ought to be some young people in Kentucky that can say, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. There's something on the inside that says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I wonder if there's anybody here that's got something on the inside that you want to let out and say, if the God be the glory for the great things he has done. 
you, you president said it all week this week. If there's one thing you ought to praise God for, it ought to be for the simple fact that I'm still here. Well, I'm going to preach this to you. I said, if there's anything for you to shout about, if there's anything for you to run the aisles about, it's for anything for you to say, I'm going to worship God with everything inside of me. It ought to be for the simple fact that I'm still here. Look at me, devil. All the problems that I've been through in my life, all the situations that happened in my family, you never kept me down. I'm still in the church. I'm still living for God. I'm still here. I just wonder for 10 seconds if there's somebody in Kentucky that can let out a shout of praise for the simple fact I'm still here. I'm still in the church. I'm still saved. I'm still living for God. I'm still here. I speak prophetically to this camp today to let you know not only is there praise to say that I'm still here, but there ought also, also ought to be another praise to say, I'm praising God for my future. Devil, you think I'm shouting now? Wait till you see me at Conqueror's Camp in 2012. We might as well have some little prophetic, apostolic move of God right now. You think I'm dancing now? Wait till you see me at youth camp next year. You think I'm praising God now? Wait till you see me next year. I just want if there's a young person that can praise God for your future. I want if there's somebody here that can dance in advance because you know what God has for you. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be bright. It's going to be magnificent. Do I have another young man that can dance in the Holy Ghost just like this one? Do I have a young lady that can forget about who's sitting next to you? How bad you look, how funny you look, and let's have some Holy Ghost church, and I'm going to praise God for where I am today, and I'm going to praise God for where I'm going to be tomorrow. We're not playing games with the devil. We're not waiting until we get back home. We're not waiting until Friday night service. But right now, right now, I'm going to praise him for where I am. I'm going to praise him for where I'm going. young person in this great camp meeting this week but if your friends just want to sit down and be a deadbeat that's all right don't you let them intimidate you don't you let them stop you they can sit down in the back all they want but you go ahead and get your praise on you go ahead and get your dance on you go ahead and get your shout on
get this devil we got at least 500 young people in Kentucky that's gonna praise God in your face that's gonna I determined to be holy I determined to be apostolic I determined to live for God Turn to your seats, clapping your hands. I've got to preach today. Go ahead. You want to pray? You're not going to distract me. That's all right. You hear me, Kentucky. Without water, it would be impossible for Isaac and his family to stay in that area Isaac was being chased away he could either stay and fight but he wisely decided to move on let me help some young people in the house tonight today there are times in our lives when circumstances may cause us to move on perhaps it's a move to a new area or maybe the change in a family situation we have all have gone through times when we just simply had to move on to make changes and to adjust to what God was allowing us to go through. Isaac should be commended because he realized that God, hold on, don't clap, that God will provide him with a different place to live. So instead of getting hostile and violent, he accepted what God was doing in his life and he decided to move on. You don't got time to be stuck. You don't got time to stay there and get stuck and suck your thumb and whine and complain about your past and your hurts and your mistakes. Somebody needs to be like Isaac and say, I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lead not to my own understanding. I'm going to keep on digging. And the more I dig, that's the more God is going to give me water again. But you got to dig. You got to keep on digging. Some of you saying, well, I've been digging for a long time. Be seated. The more I dig, the more things get worse. I try to dig, but there's no water in my life. The more I pray, that's the more things get worse in my life. The more I try to live right, that's the more evil presents itself in front of me. Brother Jolly, I'm digging, but it seems like there's no water in my life. My ground is dry. It's not producing anything. The doors in my life are not opening. Windows in my life are not opening. My family has gone.
gone through separation or divorce. My family has been destroyed. I'm the only one living for God. I'm the only one staying right. I'm the only one pleasing God. I've been mocked at. I've been laughed at. People have looked at me and said going to church is a waste of time. They saying this whole thing, this whole thing about church is just a waste of time. Living for God is not only that necessary. And going to church all the time really is not all that important. Preacher, I'm digging, but there's no water in my life. Let me remind you of a scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 that says, To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He's got no form, no comeliness. Oh, no. There's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. But he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes you are healed. Young person, I don't care how dry your ground is. I'm here to let you know this. Keep on digging. Your God came out of a dry ground. How much more the young people in Kentucky that can say, I'm going to keep on digging. No matter how dry my ground is, I'm going to keep on digging and God is going to give me water again. Those wells have been cluttered brother Knox. Isaac had to dig out all the clutter. Isaac had to dig out all the stuff. Dig out all the mess that was in those wells that was clogging and was stopping the flow of water in his life. And I want to let somebody know today that maybe the reason why you can't feel God the way you're supposed to. Maybe the reason why you just sit down and fold your hands and cross your legs. Everybody else is worshiping. Everybody else is reaching out. Everybody else is trying to get a hold of God in these services. These altar services. You're reaching out. You're crying. You're giving your best. But sad to say, there's some young people here today that just want to sit down and watch everybody else get with it. Everybody else is trying to get in the presence of the Lord. But you just refuse to lift your hands. You refuse to open your mouth. You refuse to get a hold of God. I'm here to let you know the reason is not the fact that you're demon possessed. The reason is not the fact you don't have a heart for God. It could be just this. That your wells have been cluttered with too much stuff. And I'm not in my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. What you need to do is you need to tell your friends around you that don't want to praise God. You better get out of my way. You chose the wrong seat to sit next to. I'm going to dig my way out of this rut. I'm going to dig my way out of this depression. I'm going to dig my way out until I see the flow of water in my life again. Got too 
too much flesh in your wells. Be seated. Got too much flesh. I wonder what's in your wells today that's stopping God's water to flow in your life. I wonder what relationships are you involved in that nobody else doesn't know about. It's kind of quiet now, so I'm going to stay right here and preach. I wonder what kind of music are you listening to that's clogging your wells. I'm here to let you know you better dig Justin Bieber out your wells. You better dig Beyonce out your wells. You better dig Britney Spears out your wells. You better dig Jay-Z out your wells. You better dig Neo out your wells. You better dig Rihanna out your wells. I don't want nothing to stop the flow of God's water in my life. I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig worldliness out of me. I'm going to dig carnality out of me. Until the water of God begins to flow in my life again. question is, can you dig it? You see that I'm hurrying. Isaac sojourned the land. I will be with thee. And I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed will I give thee all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Everywhere Isaac went, he was blessed. Every time Isaac came to another place, he first digged a well. And when he dug a well, he always saw water springing up. Isaac was so blessed, Brother Knox, that the Lord blessed him and he sowed in the land. And the Bible says that he received a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The Bible says that Isaac was so blessed that he had a possession of flocks and herds. The Bible says that Isaac was so blessed that he had a great store of servants. The Bible says that Isaac was so blessed that the Philistines envied him. Whoa. You serve a God, young people, that promises to bless you in such a way that all your haters and all your enemies and those that persecuted you are all going to get stirred up. You don't got to go back to your school walking with your head down. You don't have to worry about those people that laugh at you and make fun of you. Why you always got to wear long skirts? Why you can't wear jewelry? Why you can't wear makeup? Why you can't go here and do that? Don't you worry about those folks, baby. Just keep on digging and God's going to give you water. The water of God is going to continue to flow in your life. Be seated. All the stuff that we go through out there in the world, that's why we need each other in the church. Lord, it's quiet. I need to put this shovel down. I said, all the mess that's out there in the world, that's why we need each other in the church. We don't need gossipers and rumors in the youth group. We don't need cliques and favoritisms in the church. We don't need haters in the youth group. 
What we need is a revival of being happy for each other. Quit rolling your eyes and sucking your teeth. Quit hating on somebody else that gets blessed or try to receive something from God. We need to lift up each other. We need to grab each other by the hand and say you're not by yourself. I'm going to help you to get where you need to be in God. We need a revival of being happy for each other. If you want 50 young people in your youth group, start praising God for another church that's got 50 young people in their youth group. I'm losing amens right here, but I'm going to stay right here and preach. If you want a hundred soul revival in your church, quit hating and quit laughing and quit mocking over other churches that are having a revival. Start praising God for another church that's got a hundred soul revival and God will bless you with a hundred soul revival. There is a blessing. That is in store for you when you can praise God for somebody else getting blessed. Well, some of you are probably standing right here. Well, I don't remember the last time I got blessed. Well, why don't you start praising God for your neighbor? Why don't you start praising God for another church? Why don't you start praising God for somebody else's pastor? Madisonville, get happy for Louisville. Hopkinsville, get happy for Louisville. We need a revival of being happy for each other because the rain that falls on you, it won't be long. The same rain is going to fall on me too. Be seated if you can. Isaac was so blessed because he learned how to dig his daddy's wells. Here's the fun part for some of you young people. I'm fixing to preach apostolic right now. Isaac was so blessed. Because he learned how to dig his daddy's wells. We're living in a crazy time in the church. Where we got a lot of churches. And a lot of preachers. They're going around digging wells that our daddies never dug. It's alright. It's going to get tight. But it's right anyway. You better be very careful. I know we want to be relevant. I know we want to be cool. And I know we want to be cutting edge. We want to be excellent. And I think the church ought to have all those things and more. But when it gets time for us to now move away from the wells that our fathers have been digging and have sacrificed a long time ago, we've got some serious problems. Don't you go digging wells that our daddies never dug. You better thank God for the wells that your pastor had been digging in your church. Okay, here we go. All right.
tonight. I'm losing amens right now, so you're going to have to help me this a little bit, Kentucky. But I believe there ought to be some young people that can say I'm going to continue to dig this doctrine. It's not outdated. It's not boring. The more I hear it, it's the more I get excited about it. That there's only one God, and his name is Jesus. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is above all and through all and in you all. Keep on digging. Keep on digging. Keep on digging. Hero Israel. There's no way that well is going to be cluttered. I'm not going to compromise it, Brother Knox. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to go on Google and research if it's true or not. The devil is a liar. That well is going to continue to flow in my life. He's not the second one in the Trinity. He's not Jehovah Junior. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And all three are one. Keep on digging. Keep on digging. See it if you can. saying the Holy Ghost is just another gift. The Holy Ghost is not another gift. The Holy Ghost is the gift. And except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, I wish I had a church today. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Keep on digging. Repent of your sins. Be baptized. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Evidence of speaking in other tongues. Keep on digging. See if you can. Keep on preaching. I wonder if God can find some young people in Kentucky that's going to keep digging that well called holiness. the kind of clothes that you wear it still matters the kind of music that's on your iTunes 
it still matters how you talk, how you walk, how you behave. It still matters who you date. Thank you, I got a mom running the aisles. It still matters. We're a holy people. We're a separate. We're called out and separated. Be holy. Be holy. For your God is holy. Keep on digging. from the world. Come out from the world. Be separate and touch not the unclean thing. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Get up here. I want you to pray for me. I know what your school is saying. Wait for me. I know what your school is saying. We can't stop you from sleeping around. We can't stop you. So we might as well give out condoms so you can have safe sex and protect yourself. Y'all don't have to say amen. I'm going to preach it today. what your culture says. I don't care what society says. I don't care what the school system says. I'm going to tell you what the book says. I said I'm going to tell you what the book says. Keep your virginity. If you're not married, keep yourself to yourself. Be holy. I'm not going to sell my relationship with God over a one-night stand, over a moment of pleasure. If you're not married, keep yourself to yourself. Be holy. Keep on digging. Now, it seemed like it's the end thing for girls to like girls. And boys to like boys. I feel an old school anointing on me today. But can I tell you what the book said? I say, can I tell you what the book said? made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. If you're a man, love a woman. And if you're a woman, love a man. Don't you let that demon lie to you and deceive you. If you're a man, desire a woman. And if you're a woman, desire a man. Hey, you better be very careful of that spirit of feminism. That 
devil try to creep into the church. Let me tell you what the book says. Man ought to dress like a man. Hear it loud and hear it clear. If God made you a man, walk like a man, talk like a man, live like a man, dress like a man, be the man that God has made you to be. Walking around like you some kind of rubber band. Be switching and twitching in church. God created a backbone and you use it. Walk straight. Put some bass in your voice. Put some bass in your voice and be the man that God has made you to be. I've been sick and tired of hearing all the excuses. Well, I'm the only one that's a boy in my family. The devil is a liar. Another jolly, that's just who I am. You know, I've got, I've got nine sisters. It's a lying devil from hell. Where I come from back home in Jamaica, if you can't walk straight, they're going to take you to the side. They're not going to find a belt. They're going to find a paddle. And they're going to beat you until you talk like a man. Some of you need to beat that demon out of you. You need to look at that demon. You're going to talk like a man. You're going to walk like a man. You're going you gonna to live like a man. Demon, come out. Devil, come out of him. You're going to be the man that God has made you to be. Girlfriend, I ain't forget about you. One more thing, fellas. If it's tight. If it's tight. your size don't wear it if it ain't your size bring it back to the store we don't want to see you in your tight pants and your tight shirt the devil is a liar be modest be holy present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service
guy, your pants are so tight, we can see the quarters in your pocket. Are there heads or tails? I apologize, Bishop Adam, Adams, I'm from, I'm from the old school. I will slap the taste out your mouth if you was my boy. my hands on you. I'm not going to put your name on some kind of prayer list. If you belong to me, I'm going to beat that devil out of you until you be holy, until you be the guy that God has created you to be. Come on, moms and dads. You've got a responsibility to trace your child in the way it should go, that when it is old, he will not depart from the ways of God. Moms and dads, we have a responsibility. You spare the rod, you spoil the child. We need to get back to those days where the belt works. I'm not getting no help, but I know it's right. And if the belt don't work, find a board. Find a paddle. Find something that's going to knock some sense into your children's head. And say, what is wrong with you? Don't let the devil use you. Be the person that God has created you to be. I'm th I thank God. It, this is Brother Jolly now. This is Brother Jolly NIV. This is, this is Jolly IV. This is Jolly in international version. That's going to have to pardon me. But I'm so glad I don't got no girls. Son... Oh, I got three boys and I'm blessed. But if I ever get a daughter, especially you dogs, and especially these girls that think that everything got to be short and tight, dare me, dare me. Girlfriend, everything don't got to be short and tight for you to look good. We don't need to see everything of God's creation on your body. You need to cover yourself. You need to wear your size. It don't got to be tight. It don't got to be short. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Be modest. Be holy. You don't got to be up on Facebook with your profile picture like. The Lord has beautified the meek with salvation. You don't need to advertise your body like you're in Hollywood somewhere. We're trying to save a generation. The anointing of God is on your life. The glory of God is on your life. Don't be ashamed to be holy. Don't be ashamed to be separated. Something ain't right when you got to come to church walking like this.
you got to come to church walking like this and ain't your size don't wear it sit down and cover your legs cover yourself cover your body come on girls God's calling you to separation God's calling you to holiness and godliness Did I miss anything, President? Oh, the baggy pants. Y'all got that demon out here in Kentucky, too? Wearing your pants below your... Oh, God, help me. problem wearing your pants below your backside. Here's my belt. You can use it. There's a reason why it's called underwear. We're not supposed to see it. Stand with me. I'm done. Musicians, come. I'm sorry. I preached too long in this day session. We talked about this Facebook thing yesterday. Be very careful, young people, who you associate yourself on Facebook. Very careful the conversations, the photos that you tag. Be very careful. Guard your life. Our marriages are being destroyed today. Relationships are being ruined today. And people's integrity and character are being destroyed by the minute because of this media demon. Be very, very careful. <laughs> Last but not least, one more well we're going to dig. Isaac came to a place where he dug the well called Beersheba, which means a well of oath, a well of commitment. All the other times when Isaac dug a well, God gave him water. But this one last well, Bishop Adams, wasn't about God giving him water. This last well was about what he was going to give back to God. Hear me. Hear me. Kentucky, you've got one more well to dig. And this last well, hold on. This last well is not going to be about what God gives you. This last well is going to be about what you're going to give back to God. Bishop, I'm so afraid that if we're not careful, we're going to raise a generation of young people that just want to live for God because of water. My question is to you, what happens when God turns off the faucet? What happens if there's no more water flowing in your life? What are you going to do? You're going to backslide? 
You want to leave the church? Whine and complain about why is God allowing me to go through all of this? What are you going to do? Be very careful that you're not in this called the church because of what God gives you. This last well that Isaac had to dig was not about God giving him water. It was about a commitment back to God to saying, I'm not going to serve you because of what you give me. I'm going to serve you because of who you are. I hear the word that the Holy Ghost is trying to get a hold of every young person. Commitment. Commitment. We can shout, we can dance, we can talk in tongues, we can abide by our standards, but where is the commitment? Where is Isaac's in Kentucky that can say, God, if you don't give me water again, if you don't bless me again, if you don't save my mom, my dad, if I'm the only one living for God and my family, I'm still going to serve you. Where are the Isaacs that are here today? That says, God, I'm not going to live for you because of water. But I'm going to live for you because of who you are. You've got one more well to dig, young people. And it's not about what God gives you. It's about what you're going to give back to God. It's commitment. It's young people that can lift their hands and say, I'm committed to the church. I'm committed to my relationship with God. But the question is, can you dig it? Can you dig being holy? Can you dig being apostolic? Can you dig being separated? Can you dig being godly? Can you dig not being the world? I don't know why some of you young people are still looking around. Some of you, you need to fall on your face. And you need to say, I'm committed to this. I promise we'll shout later on tonight. This message is burning in my heart. I preach it everywhere I go. And I apologize for those that I've already preached it to back in February. But some of the young people you need to hear, Brother Jolly, today to let you know it's not about shouting and dancing and meeting new friends at camp. It's about commitment. It's about saying I'm committed to this thing called the church. I'm going to dig where my friends don't want to dig. I'm going to dig where my family don't want to dig. If everybody else leaves the church and walks out on God, that's all right because I'm committed. I've dug that well today called commitment. Question is, can you dig it? Lift your voices. Everyone lift your hands and close your eyes.